This is 680 CJOB. Hey everyone, welcome to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. And the Festival de Voyageur, which is the largest winter festival in Western Canada, is taking place now until February 26th. So who better to talk to than my friend Sean Branson, who does all the catering for Fort Gibraltar, where the festival takes place. All right, Mr. Branson. You're Hello. a veteran of this show aren't now, aren't you? Well, hey, this is <laughs> it's fun. I like fun, so it's great. No, it is fantastic. Okay, so for those who haven't heard of you or heard you on this show or uh, you know don't know you, maybe you can give them a little background of who you are and what you do. Hi, my name is Sean Branson. <laughs> I have uh, blue eyes and uh, I'm getting and older a by the voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I run a number of food and beverage facilities uh, in, the, in the city, in the province. We have, uh, we own Promenade Cafe and Wine, which is uh, French comfort food right uh, at Provence Antache in St. Boniface, overlooking the Human Rights Museum and the river and all that other lovely stuff. Uh, we, we also are the caterer at Fort Gibraltar all year long. Uh, and then also, uh, we do a lot of the catering, uh, during Festival de Voyageur, which is, uh, upon us, uh, right away here. And, uh, also run, uh, provisions at Lower Fort Gary, which is a catering, uh, uh, facility open in the summer. And we have a tent weddings and events, as well as a local food mark market right inside the visitor center of Lower Fort Gary historical site. So you only do a couple of things, like, you know, not much at all. No, I just, you know, just do, you know, it's just, just do the fun things in my, this part of my life. So a lot of it's fun. Richard Cloutre is trying to steal you as his go-to wine and food guy, <laughs> but I'm hogging you to myself. You know? <laughs> it's always nice to talk to Richard. It's great to talk to you. He's a great guy. Okay. So let's talk about the festival. Mm-hmm. All right. For those who haven't been, maybe you can give the Coles Notes version or the long version, doesn't matter, yeah. of what the festival is, when it began, maybe a bit of history on it. Sure. Festival de Voyageur uh, started in 1970. Uh, so a while ago, it was the uh, French uh, Chamber of Commerce. They wanted to do an event to bring people into St. Boniface. And uh, and so they started this this festival. It was a business festival. And over the years, it's, it's morphed into this great, uh, uh, great event, uh, lots of music. Uh, there's, uh, I think, nine, eight or nine tenths this year. Uh, there's a international snow sculpture competition, which uh, there's people coming from all over Europe, South America, everywhere. It's incredible. Uh, the snow sculptures are monstrous. You, you'll see some of the sculptures uh, on the streets of Winnipeg up, up leading up into Festival. Those are a lot of the local guys. And then everyone inside the park, they're, uh, they're from uh, other countries other than, uh, than, than Canada. Really? Yeah, all over the world. So They travel some, here just to do that? Just to do that, yeah. So they're going to start uh, on around the 16th, or they've started already here, here on the 16th, and, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, sculpt for about four days. They love our snow. Uh, very pristine, beautiful snow to work with, and they'll come all, all around for this uh, symposium. Uh, new this year, they have actually the uh, uh, log carving competition, yeah, and uh, there's a bunch of guys from, uh, I guess, HGTV or one of the TV stations, uh, uh, the Timber Kings and all that stuff, so they're bringing their whole uh, TV crew and everything. Oh, really? They're, yeah, they're going to be uh, carving, doing a carving competition. Uh, their pieces are going to be auctioned off to uh, raise money uh, for uh, Festival de Voix in the French community. And, oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's, a, that's the first year for that, you said? First year this year, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be feeding them as well on uh, on the 18th, which I'm pretty excited to meet meet some of those guys. Yeah, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're on the topic of food. How big a task is it to uh, 
feed people at the festival because well, if the weather's bad, it could be you know you, you never know how many people are coming, right? Exactly. It's it's well, it's thousands of people, so yeah. you can put that in perspective. I mean, in a rest, very busy restaurant, you're over a hundred people. We're serving thousands of meals, and a lot of it is dictated on the weather and what's happening. Uh, you know, if the weather's really poor, uh, you'll have less people in the park. They're kind of hold out for another day. Uh, this festival looks pretty incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, minus two, plus two around that sort of range. When it happens like that, it's incredibly busy. And Louis Riel Day is one of the days that we're incredibly busy and, and uh, we'll, we'll do over 2,000 covers. Holy smokes. Um, is there any such thing as too warm? Like, you know, on a plus day, you got these guys that have been carving their stuff and, mm. you know, you don't want it to melt. And obviously making that stuff must uh, need probably minus 10 or minus 15 to keep that part going, right? Yeah. Uh, the the ice, them, uh, the ice itself or the snow, it, it comes from the park itself. They save it, sort of put put it into the into the blocks. Uh, the blocks are, I think, about 15 feet by 15 feet high, you know, wide or square. So it actually would take quite a bit to melt that down to, mm-hmm. to a point. Uh, it actually makes it nice and kind of glistens. And as long as it ices up during the night, it, it kind of uh, becomes really firm. The ones that really get... Hit a, hit a pretty hard are the ones in the streets with the road salt and all that stuff as it says it's melting but uh, inside the park there's no no traffic or issues with that so they're actually pretty pristine all the way till the end are you okay so they they form the blocks first and yeah. these guys cut from these blocks yeah the snow is uh, com- compacted into these 15 foot by 15 foot blocks and then they come in and they they carve it they use uh, a lot of different tools. It's, uh, you know, it's actually, there's uh, some larger shovels that they use. Uh, uh, some, you know, use uh, small little picks and to uh, do the fine detail. Yeah. But it's amazing how far they push it. Like some of the sculptures are hollow in the inside. You could walk, you could walk through, but they don't want you to. Late bar, of course. Yeah, late night. Fun. No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Uh, but but they're they're just basically they carve it down to about a, a foot or a foot and a half uh, size structures, and it's pretty pretty neat. Uh, the engineering that goes into it too. That's crazy. All right, uh, let's talk about the food. Different meals and dishes are being served at the festival. So let's talk about the food that's being served in the tents and the lunches and dinners available in the big hall and uh, and what exactly the big hall is. You mm-hmm. were talking about that to me about that earlier. Yeah, so we there's uh there's well in regards to the big hall, we have uh we we found that we there was a lot of tent sort of walk up quick service uh, uh, options at, at festival, whether it's poutine or taco in a bag or a hot dog, that kind of stuff, pea soup. Uh, but there really wasn't a place just to sit inside, uh, sit down at a table and, and have a dinner. So we started uh, two years ago, we started dining in la maison. And uh, on, on mostly on the weekends, uh, there's uh, four lunches and four dinners where people can come in and uh, have uh, have a meal. Uh, it's a, a prefix menu where people can have different things. So we, the, the, what we're offering this year is uh, pea soup uh, or salad. So it's like one of the only places you can get salad in the middle of February at no Festival de Voyager. Yep. Um, we have uh, beef bourguignon as an entree choice, torture, which is a, a beef and pork torture or a vegetarian crepe. So once again, a nice vegetarian option. Mashed potatoes, uh, peak of the market root vegetables, and then we have creme brulee and sugar pies. So you're able to sit down with, uh, uh, you know, after going down the big uh, snow hill with the toboggan or uh, taking in some 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 artists or, or you know, just, just walking around, you can have a nice little dinner inside the Great Hall, which is the main hall inside the Fort Walls, where we do all our weddings and events and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after a break to talk more with Sean Branson from Fort Gibraltar about Festival de Voyager. Festival de Voyager is taking place until February 26th, and I'm here talking with my friend Sean Branson, who does all the catering for Fort Gibraltar, where the festival takes place. 
Let's talk about maybe some of the things that are real or popular. Explain what certain things are, like sugar pie, yeah. um, uh, mashed potato poutine. And, uh, you, you know, you can expand on what's going on with the pea soup after, but maybe sure. you can explain on some of those things. Yeah. So we're doing the dinner. We also serve two of the tents, the snow bar, which is around 250 people and the, the Pambian tent, which is about the same size, maybe a little bigger. And so we set up a, a food service area in between the two tents. And there we're serving a variety of different things. We wanted, I mean, there's a lot of deep fried uh, sort of poutine and poutine's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how much I love poutine. Mm-hmm. We have poutine cup like and everything poutine? like that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like poutine. A little, bit. a little bit. So we wanted to have a more of a fresh food kind of take on it because we're, we're featuring Promenade Cafe and Wine, which is our restaurant uh, in the tents. And so we have a mashed potato bar. And so what it is, is it's uh, local uh, potatoes, which are mashed and it's topped with different items. We have a vegetarian option pulled pork or torture meat on top of it. Um, inside the tent too, we do have, have a, a torture hot dog, which is a, a, a local Winkler meat uh, a hot dog on a nice crusty uh, um, Italian uh, bun, like a large baguette almost. And it's uh, topped with, uh, so the hot dog and then torture meat, uh, bacon, and, uh, and a little bit of um, a little bit of chives and, and cheese and stuff like that. So God, uh, it's it's really good. It's sort of a French Canadian take on a chili dog kind of thing that we have there. That is insane. Yeah, and 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 we also have uh, kubasa with smack dab mustard there. That's something new this year. Yep. and it's really good. And we just want to take spins on on French food. Torture is is uh, usually beef and pork with different seasonings served in a pie. But we've just taken the meat and used it uh, as sort of a chili dog sort of aspect of things. How do you prep for all this food? So if you were to guess, mm-hmm. you know, well, you don't have to guess because you're the one bringing in the food. How much of that would you go through in a week? Pea soup and sugar pie and all the ingredients for that. How much a, are you, people are eating of that? A lot. Like there's a, there's a, it's a tremendous amount. Like even just the, the uh, torture pies that we're serving in, in the great hall. We go through uh, 200 pies, you know, and that's full pies. That's not pieces. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the pea soup as well. Um, I think it was like 300 liters last year that we went through the pea soup. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of food, but it really depends on the weather. A lot of it really depends on Louis Riel day. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a great day to come out to festival. And, uh, um, two years ago we had super really nice weather and, uh, yeah, we we had nine people working at, in our tent and like la, la, yeah, last winter going. was a joke as far as the weather went. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah right. It yeah. wasn't even really a real winter. It was yeah. almost like a kind of a, a warm up winter, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh it's a lot of food and it's a lot of work. Uh, we've been prepping already for uh for two weeks because uh, we're not just phoning our supplier and saying, Hey, can you drop off a bunch of uh um, mashed potatoes? We're we're getting <laughs> <laughs> Remember that order last week? Well yeah. can you like Bring that times 20. Yeah. And, and <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting them, we're cooking them, we're mashing them. So we have two teams working, working hard uh, to get that going. And then also the torch here, the sugar pies, we've been, we've been cooking that for the last uh, couple of weeks and, uh, and, uh, we're, we're freezing it, getting it ready and then we'll warm it up to order. So, but yeah, a lot of prep. It's great. I mean, Valentine's day is great uh, for restaurants. It's busy mm-hmm. that kind of week, depending on where it falls. But other than that, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a slower time. So it's great to keep, uh, all our staff busy. Yeah, we need a lot of staff for this. Let's talk about the competition. You told me on the last day, mm-hmm. you guys have a competition. Yeah, so Festival de Voyager has their uh, pea soup competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been five years, I think, now so that we've, they've been doing it. And so it's free. It's open to everyone that's inside uh, the park. 
and there's eight restaurants, uh, and they compete uh, for the people's choice as well as the judge's choice. So they have different judges going through. The judges look for more of that kind of finesse and that garnish and that little sort of spin uh, on things. Uh, and then uh, the people, it's mostly a popularity contest who can call their most friends to, to fill the battle. Totally. About. So, <laughs> so there's the two two uh, things. That's, you know, but uh, certainly uh, um, it's great. Competitions are great. Pea soup is wonderful, and uh, it's amazing how many different things you can do with that. Our our our, our hams uh, that we're going to use in our pea soup, mm-hmm. we've been brining them and 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 slow cooking them uh, over the weekend. Uh, Andre, my chef at uh, Promenade Cafe and Wine, he's been working hard on his pea soup. So, and it's. Yeah, so not until the 28th that this is happening, but we're already preparing for it. It's crazy. It's it's amazing how much effort goes into something that seems so simple. It sounds so simple, Mm -hmm. but uh, you guys really take it seriously and making it as best as you can. Yeah, even even with the peas and the different peas that you use and how much you cook them. So you can cook some some split peas all the way down so they're basically like mush, and Mm -hmm. then other ones so they're, they're cooked almost al dente. So you get this varied flavor between... Like really cook heavy. And I'm giving away too many secrets, but but, <laughs> but it's amazing just the simple pea, keep talking, how keep it's talking. treated, and and how it can it can uh, can do so much. I mean, you know, you, too, too many too many people add too many things to it mm-hmm. and and mess it up that way yep. with ten ingredients. I mean, you know, fifteen ingredients or whatever. But uh, yeah, usually the guy with the little uh, the little tweezer tongs putting the little thing on the top usually doesn't win, but. Uh, you know, I guess you would know, right? They went, well, we tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've, you've been doing it forever. So you've seen every kind, tasted every kind that people yeah. try, right? It seems that whenever we have this idea of how it's going to be, that's going to take it to win. The other one uh, changes. The, we, when we saw the poster the first year, we thought, you know, pea soup that the spoon sticks straight up. That's mm-hmm. Let's do it. And then a light little thin thing won with, uh, with little <laughs> garnishes. And then we went with little garnishes and the thick one won. But we won two years ago and it was uh, the judge's choice and uh, – uh, it was pretty, pretty amazing. And the only spin we did is we put chorizo sausage in it yep. and, and we actually froze. That, that'd be really good. Yeah. And we froze creme fraiche in the bottom of the plate. So mm-hmm. it was frozen and then the hot pea soup came on top and then you kind of scraped through the creme fraiche and it was this hot and cold thing. Oh, it was nice. super cool. And that and one won? The judges won. That one. That's oh, okay. a judges one, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that is And for then sure. the people's choice one, we do quite well on that one too. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great competition. <laughs> After the news and weather at the bottom of the hour, we are going to talk more with Sean Branson about the Festival de Voyageur, particularly about the official drink of the festival. This is the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome back to the main ingredient. My old high school friend Sean Branson is the caterer at Fort Gibraltar where the Festival de Voyageur takes place. And he's about to fill me in on the festival's official drink. Um, we, were, we were talking earlier about the drink, the caribou drink. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So, uh, the official drink of Festival de Voyageur, um, what that is, is a uh, caribou and caribou is uh, a mixture of a uh, hard spirit, uh, like a, a rye mixed with, uh, wine, um, port, rum, spices and all that stuff to make this really rustic, uh, drink, uh, the spirit. It's all like a liqueur. It's like a spirit and it's, it's really good. It has a little bit of an edge to it, a little bit of fur. A little bit of bite. A little bit. Yeah. It's really good. And it's chilled down really nice. It's served well. Uh, during the dinner inside, uh, the Maison, we serve it with champagne and call it a caribou kiss. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And then we also have a, a cocktail that we started last year, which is a take on a Caesar, uh, Caesar drink, uh, with, with Clamato. But what we do is we take caribou, um, rye, 
uh, as well as uh, bacon, uh, uh, sort of bacon garnish, bacon rim. So no celery, just a piece of bacon. Uh, well, it's got a, it's got bacon and it's got a pickled uh, uh, asparagus. That so yeah, <laughs> so uh, it's like a nice caribou cocktail. But the fun thing about caribou is uh, we do a lot of tourist groups at Fort Gibraltar, and and I serve them a caribou kiss or a caribou martini, and they're all drinking it, they're enjoying it. I mean, I have uh, I love cocktails and, and doing all those kind of things mm-hmm. uh, through my martini days. And uh, so then I tell everyone, they're like, oh, this is good. What is it? Is the number one question. And I tell them what caribou used to be. Caribou, <laughs> and this is what I say, caribou is a is a spirit that they used, that they would uh, bring on their journeys uh, with the voyagers and things like that. But what it was, was it was rye mixed with caribou blood, which is great because it has the blood, it has the protein, it preserves it for a very <laughs> long time for a long portage. And- Close. People have almost spit it out before, (laughs) but I wait just long enough so they've swallowed it. But so traditionally that's what it was. They were, they would actually use their distilled spirit or moonshine and, and which tasted terrible. And Hey, if it already tastes terrible, I might as well add some protein and, and uh, (laughs) animal blood. And that's, that's the, 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 the history, but there's no animals that are harmed in the making of common, common day, uh, caribou. It's, uh, it's, but it's great. And you were going to bring some and you didn't bring some. Yeah, I didn't have any. You probably uh, thought Kevin I didn't have any, enough on air. I didn't have any moonshine and animal <laughs> blood to feed you. Sorry, <laughs> little out. <laughs> but yeah. you know, yeah. But caribou's good. You'll have to come down to Festival for a caribou. For sure, man. Uh, we'll be awesome. With their name on it. Yeah. Uh, you'll see them in the snow bar, which is one of the tents that we cater into, uh, where they are sipping them along uh, out in the snow bar. There's open fire pits. Uh, we pour the the caribou uh, co- or liquor into a ice cup, and this is all done by Festival, and you can just drink it there. Um, and it's uh, it it's the official illegal, drink. Like you're not allowed, like you shouldn't be drinking out. Well, you know, and and this is interesting. This year, Festival has the entire grounds license, so mm-hmm. because they fence off the entire thing, uh, people have a little bit more mobility. See, that's mobility. what I'm talking about, right? Well, it's, it's that's the, how you have fun. There's been changes in the legislation that's allowed them to do that now, yes, which, it's is, which is about time to do that cool. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Everybody else has been doing it, yeah. and we've been kind of held by these rules, and just no fun, and now well, let's giddy up. Let's put it this way. Festival is a ton of fun. Yeah. Every year. Now having this little wrinkle, well, well, yeah, it'll be incredibly fun. We'll <laughs> see how much fun. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's give people some basic information about um, when the festival runs and how they can get tickets. Yeah, so uh, the festival uh, de Voyager runs from uh, February 17th to the 28th. Uh, the, um, the tickets can be bought at, uh, the festival office or at heyho.ca. That's H E H O.ca. Or they also have festivaldevoyager.mb.ca, but heyho.ca. .ca is much better. Yeah. That's killer. Yeah. And then, uh, so tickets can be bought there. The, the way to go is, uh, is the 10 day pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you buy that ticket and you can come whenever you want, look at the weather or whatever. There's tons of bands. Like, um, it, it's become such a huge festival and, and the people are coming from all over Canada, from Louisiana, uh, huge, huge bands and, uh, all the way to win party. All the way to Winnipeg. And they, they plan their year to come to Festival because uh, it's such a great atmosphere, you know, party and and um, tons to do for the kids. Uh, during the day, they have the, the toboggan slide. They have uh, a whole bunch of crafters. They have, uh, you know, all that stuff. They have a singles night. And, and so you have to go to heyho.ca and, and take a look and uh, it's all right there. It's uh 
it's incredible. There's lots to do uh, out at Festival. It's one of the, well, it's, it's the winter festival. It's incredible. So you like it is what you're trying to tell me. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, <laughs> I love, didn't notice. I yeah, didn't. <laughs> Fort Gibraltar is such an amazing venue to be the caterer of, to to do all the weddings we do, almost 80 weddings a year, uh, just the atmosphere. I mean, the, the space itself is uh, just, you know, five minutes from Portage and Maine, tons of parking, um, and, and Festival is 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 a great time. It's a great party. There's, you see everyone from the French community and um, and uh, everyone else that enjoys music and food and just getting out uh, in the middle of February. Okay, we're not done talking about festivals because the mm festival mm-hmm. is already <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> is already underway. Um, so let's talk about that and the crossover. What the reason is for the you know one festival already ongoing as another one starts and they kind of cross over. So let's let's talk about what the mm festival is. Yeah. So Promenade is is located very close to where Festival de Voyageur is, and and we get a lot of people coming to the restaurant before they go to Festival or after or in the middle and whenever. And uh, we were approached by the Norwood Biz uh, um, to uh, do a festival with the Provence Biz. I'm the chair of the Provence Biz, and we wanted to do something to kind of. Uh, uh, embrace uh, the festival and the winter spirit and and, uh, the voyageur. So what we did was uh, restaurants come up with a uh, first course, main course, and a dessert. Uh, Some people are doing a cocktail. And uh, and uh, which sort of is festival inspired, sort of voyager inspired. And uh, that started uh, on the 10th of February, goes till the 28th. And, um, and it's, uh, there's, uh, different restaurants in the different, uh, uh, Norwood biz zone, which is like Marion and all that area. And then Provence, which is uh Provence Boulevard. So how many years has that been running? This will be the third year now uh, that we've been, that we've been doing it. It's hashtag MMM festival, <laughs> mm, festival. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Cause it, it kind of, it starts beforehand. So it sort of gets people into the spirit of mm-hmm. things and then it happens during, during festival. It's, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. It's killer. Is it the same restaurants that participate every year or different restaurants? Is it possible to give uh, an idea diff- of how many different restaurants, restaurants are going to Like you, if you go to the mm Festival Facebook page, uh, there's there's information there. But uh, this year we have uh, Promenade Cafe and Wine, uh, Chase Cafe, uh, Garage, uh, Con- Chocolatier, Constance Pop. We have uh, Boucher, Boucherie, the new uh, uh, butcher shop yep. on Marion there. Uh, Norwood Hotel, The Wood, Helios. Um, I think there's two others as well, but yeah. uh, so we've got a good variety of them uh, involved. That's yeah, healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the past years, you encouraged diners to tweet their favorite meals and then you'd have a voyeur's choice. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that the same thing this year or are yeah. you guys doing something along those lines? Yeah, we're doing, we're, we're giving away prizes and gift certificates and that sort of thing. So when people come in to, uh, to have their, their meals, they could uh, take a picture, hashtag it. MMM festival. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that again? Hashtag. Yeah, I won't say that again. Um, and, uh, you know, and yeah, just, uh, embrace the Voyager spirit and we'll be giving away prizes and watching for those things. Okay. So how long does it, does that festival run? It, it goes until the, the end of festival, the Voyager. So until oh, so, the so they end at the end at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They end at the same time. And, and there's no tickets or anything to get like that. It's just the no. restaurants are participating in it. Restaurants are participating. Uh, it's not a limited menu where, uh, that's the only choice that you have. It's just something, uh, specials in addition to what they're normally offering, uh, typically offered for breakfast or for lunch and dinner. Which is and, awesome. It's uh, almost, you know, if you're not mm-hmm. at the festival, it's like the festival outside of the festival. It is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And people go, oh, that's right. You know, this is happening. I mm-hmm. mean, you can see all the sculptures on the streets and the, and the, and the signs and all the advertising, but it also kind of gets people in the spirit. It feels like I've been in festival mode already since yeah. February 10th. That's cool. 
We're going to take a little break and come back and talk with Jesse from Mercadito Latino Restaurant located at 570 Sargent Avenue. So we'll be right back. Mercadito Latino Restaurant is a little restaurant on Sargent Avenue that is known for great food at a great price. And Jesse is here to talk about it. All right. So why don't you tell us about Mercadito Restaurant and Market? I said that right? Sí, muy bien. All right. All right. Maybe I'll take some Spanish lessons. I feel lessons like Dora Explorer at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever say Dora. I, my, my daughter used to watch that. I have nightmares of Dora, which is, <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay, so let's let's go with some basic information, yeah. which is um, um, you can give us information on you know when and how it opened, um, where it was located originally, and um, why you relocated. I know you guys relocated, so maybe give us a little bit of a history of the restaurant itself. Yeah, well, Mercadito Latino opened in 2007. Um, it was ran by a Chilean family, and it used to be just a market mm-hmm. because mercadito means small market in Spanish. So it used to be uh, like a grocery store selling ethnic food yep. from Latin America. Then they expanded to open a small uh, cafe serving uh, Chilean empanadas and Salvadorian pupusas. Uh, my mother used to be a customer of theirs. And one day he told us that he was selling the business. And he knew that my mother was looking for a location to open a restaurant. So it actually all just came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all spoke as a family. It was family run back then, and it still is today. Uh, so yeah, that happened in 2011. And then we were on Henderson Highway back then. Uh, and then in 2013, we moved to Sargent Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was still the restaurant slash market? Yeah, but in Henderson, it used to be more of a market uh, and less of a restaurant. Now here on Sargent's more of a restaurant and less than a market. Was that, was that your intent? Like that's what you wanted or just turned out that that's sometimes That's how it turned t- out. That's how it turned out. And um, literally in Henderson Highway, our kitchen was the size of a washroom. <laughs> so even, even the health inspectors... We're like, how do you do so much food in this little corner? Like, we we were constantly bumping into each other. Yeah. Wow. Um, so now the kitchen's larger, though the menu is larger as well. So it's still a bit of bit of juggling that I have to do there. Right. So you added more work by creating a bigger menu, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot of people are happy that, about that, probably, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So where in Central America primarily does the restaurant create its menu from? Well, my mother is from El Salvador, and my father is from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So both countries are located in Central America. Um, and our main dish, I'd say, are pupusas. Pupusas is um, like a tortilla. It's filled with different fillings of your choice, either beans or cheese or pork or any combination of those three. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is that anyone can have it. If you're, if you're looking for gluten-free food, if you're a vegan, if you're a vegetarian, or a meat lover, anyone can have it because you could choose your fillings, mm-hmm. and it's made out of corn dough. So yeah, I read that that almost like I guess eighty percent of your food is is gluten free. Gluten free, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. So we're able to please lots of customers who suffer with celiac, and we can serve them. So you guide them through that. I guess if uh, if someone with uh, with celiac uh, disease came in, you would guide them and tell them, hey, well, these are the things, which is a lot yeah. of the things on your menu. This is how you tweak this. And Actually, I always tell people that the first two pages on the menu, they're all gluten-free. Nice. Or in other words, everything on the menu is gluten-free <laughs> except for yeah. quesadillas and burritos. But wow. everything else is gluten-free. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
So what are some of the popular dishes on your menu? Pupusas for sure, as mentioned previously. Uh, tortilla soup. Tortilla soup. Tortilla soup, yeah. Actually, um, my mom used to make that at home, and I used to think that it was to die for. And then we used to have uh, specials every Saturday. And one day she made that as a special, and it was a total hit. Um, it was such a hit that people started to ask for it more and more and more. So here you have this menu with stuff on there, and people are asking for something that's not even on exactly. it anymore. Exactly. And for some reason, we used to do the specials on Saturdays, <laughs> which is already the busiest day of the week, yeah, usually. You guys are gluttons for punishment. So, <laughs> so then we decided, you know what, let's just leave it on the menu permanently. Right. Um, and I feel that people, you know, they've been to Mexico, they've been to Guatemala, and or they live in California where there's a large Mexican population and they tell us your tortilla soup is better. So I'm happy that people are enjoying our tortilla soup. Um, it's a chicken broth, has chicken breast strips inside, fried tortilla chips on top, melted cheese, sour cream, green onion, avocado. What's not to like, right? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, in fact, let's cut this short. I, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Let's I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's head to Mercadito. <laughs> Dude, I'm really hungry now. Um, okay, so let's talk about the market portion. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming that you are filling a need for uh, Latin American products and food that people couldn't generally get here. Yeah, well, my parents are immigrants, and like many immigrants, uh, one of the things that you miss most from home is your food. Mm -hmm. And once you immigrate, you need to sort of adapt to the ingredients you can find wherever you, you're living. So luckily, um, Central America, Latin America, it's not too hard to get products from there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, we have customers from all over Latin America. It's not just strictly from Central America. It's from South America, from the Caribbean as well, from yep. Mexico. And I remember one time there was a product from Colombia named Chotorramo. And it's like this cake slice. Yep. Chotorramo? And Chotorramo, yeah. Roll your R. Ramo. <laughs> Ramo. Ramo. <laughs> and I brought like 20 pieces and they sold within a day. Oh, nice. So, so like, then, let's do that again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you guys sell kitchen products too. You sell uh, a tortilla press. A tortilla press, yeah. Very convenient. Um, my mother always makes them by hand, but she's been doing it for years, right? So, okay. So you sell tortilla presses and she st still makes them by hand. At home, usually she makes them by hand. Yep. Um, because there's different types of tortillas, mm -hmm. right? And Mexico, they're usually very thin, and that's what people are accustomed to. All right. In Central America, they're smaller and thicker. Mm. So those are the ones that we make at home. But for tacos, you need to make the thin ones. So usually you need a tortilla press for that. Um, so yeah, we sell different types with made out of aluminum or cast iron, which lasts longer and very comfortable prices as well. So you don't have to very bring that heavy thing. Prices. I like that. Yeah, you don't have to bring that heavy thing from Mexico in your luggage yeah. anymore. You can get it here for practically the same price. Wow, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, you guys also offer Spanish lessons. Si, senor. But like, is there anything? <laughs> so you're cooking, mm -hmm. you're bringing in products, mm -hmm. and you're teaching Spanish lessons. Yes, well, that's my little project. Um, my parents are not involved in that. Uh, we're closed Sundays and Mondays, so mm -hmm. usually that's when lessons happen. Do you have it, like, at your location? At our location, yeah. So lots of people, you know, they've enjoyed the food and they've enjoyed the, the service, and then they see that we also teach Spanish, so I tell them about it. I was born here in Canada, though I consider Spanish to be my first language. Mm -hmm. uh, like many of my other 
um, Latin American descendant friends. Um, and I took Spanish at university as well. And I continued to speak Spanish with my family and friends. Um, so yeah, Spanish just surrounds my life and I really f feel like it's meant for me. And yeah, so I've been teaching through continuing ed for about three years. Yep. And I also TA'd at the University of Manitoba. And then I decided, you know what, let's, let's try doing some classes here. Yep. And it's worked out nicely. So yeah, we have group classes and private classes as well. So if someone wants to get into a private class, how do they just contact the restaurant? You can just contact the restaurant, uh, even go on Facebook and message me. Right. And or your then, website, right? You can or the website as well, yeah. And uh, yeah, we definitely can talk more about it and you make uh, booking. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's give, give people basic information, which is where you're located now and w what are your hours. Do people need reservations or it's best to walk in? You know, we'll just give them the basic stuff to wrap up. Um, it's a small restaurant. It fits about only like 30 people. Um, so if it's a larger group, let's say four or more, that's when we take reservations. Mm -hmm. Anything less, there's practically no need for a reservation. Uh, we're open from 11.30 a.m. up until 8.30 p.m., from Tuesdays to Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're located at 570 Sargent Avenue. Perfect, Jesse, I appreciate you coming in. No, no problem. Thanks, Thank man. you very much for having me. Not a problem. Join me here next week on The Main Ingredient. And if you missed an episode or want to listen to any episode again, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. I'm Kevin Bergen, thanking you for listening here on 680 CJOB. I'll talk to you next week. This is 680 CJOB.